A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This episode right here, ooh-wee. I was able to join two of my sister girlfriends who I have not seen with the three of us together. Councilwoman Tara Mosley Samples is a councilwoman from the Akron area. She and I have been friends for a very long time. I often joke that we met on the road to Damascus. If you are a Christian and you have read the story about Paul or Saul turned Paul, you understand what the reference to Damascus means. But literally, technically, we met on the road to the convention as we both were delegates to the convention for President Barack Obama and just happened to stop at the same McDonald's. Don't tell nobody. Yeah, fast food on the road. And 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 caught each other's eye and started had a conversation and discovered that we in fact were from Ohio on our way to the same place and we have been friends ever since. And Dr. Victoria Dooley, baby. National surrogate, both national surrogates, but Dr. Victoria Dooley is surrogate for Senator Bernie Sanders. We met during that process and we have been friends ever since. Dr. Dooley is an attorney. She's a family doctor. And many of you who are on social media, you get a chance to engage with her on a regular basis. She does not mince any word. She is a fierce champion for Medicare for All and for what's doing right. And she calls BS when she sees it. Often, I mean, she is a fighting, fighting medical doctor, no doubt about it. So we got a chance to come together in my home city, in my home state, and Sample's home state too. And we went on a ride together rolling. And many of you may have seen that because we went live at the time. And then we decided to come to the house, doctors in the house, councilwoman in the house, the senators in the house and have a conversation. So come on, join us. You don't want to miss this. Here we go. Let's position the camera. Okay, we're all in. All right, so COVID, the vaccine is out. And what is it that we want people to know about the vaccine, Dr. Dooley? I would like people to know that the media is overhyping the bad, such as somebody having an allergic reaction. Um, people have allergic reactions to some things every day. Um, if a minuscule portion of the population has an allergic reaction, that is nothing that should scare you away. Um, like people fainting. People faint in my office all the time after we draw blood or just because some people are just fainty people. That doesn't mean that something in the vaccine itself is actually making you faint. So you're going to hear in the next several months a lot of negative hype about the vaccine. But compared to the amount of people who are being vaccinated, the negative side effects are very minuscule. And I just want people to keep that in mind. Um, there's even when um, 
people are more likely to complain about some bad service than they are to post positive reviews about good service. It's going to be like the same thing with the vaccine. If one person faints, one person has a allergic reaction, there's going to be a whole lot of hype and hoopla. But after thousands and millions of people get the vaccine and live to be just fine, you're not going to hear about that. So of course, as always, talk to your own doctor because I am a doctor, but I'm not your doctor. Talk to your own doctor. Um, but I think the vast majority of people are, are respond to the vaccine positively and they are going to be just fine. And council lady, do you get questions? I mean, as somebody that's a public servant, do your constituents, are they always curious about the vaccine, about COVID, about what the city or government can do in general? Do you get those types of inquiries? I do. Um, but a lot of our residents um, down in the city of Akron where I live at, we, you know, you have those who, who believe in science, yeah. but then you have those who do not believe in science. Mm. Um, the ones that believe the science and, and understand the reason for social distancing and sheltering in place, they, they get it and they understand it. The ones that don't believe the science, believe that this is fake news, is where our issues within our city government is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, our city is uh, one of the only counties, we're one of five counties in the state of Ohio that is in the purple. Um, um, what that mean? That means that we are in an emergency form. It's the highest level you can go. Okay. That means we had to set uh, different parameters, closing uh, bars and restaurants at 10 o'clock. Um, can't buy alcohol at 10 o'clock. Um, you, uh, we, our ordinance just expired where the residents couldn't have more than six people who did not live in that house at one time at a time. So for example, say three of us live here, we can only have six people visit us at a time who were not residents in that home. Um, and we did that because our contact tracers, uh, showed that, the spread within our county was coming from uh, people having functions at their houses, gatherings at their houses, and passing it to one another. So we stepped in and said, hey, this is what we're going to do to curve the spread. Well, a lot of people didn't like that. And that's important because you had data, correct? Because some people are like, how come I can't have so many people in my house, but we can have so many people at the mall? So you use real scientific data to find out where most of the spread was coming from. And that's right. important. Absolutely. And, I, and, I, and one thing that I said on our, um, our council Zoom, not on the council floor, because we are social distancing, is men lie, women lie, but the numbers don't lie. That's, uh, you know, from Jay-Z. I mean, we followed the science, we followed the numbers, we had the um, CEOs from all the major hospitals and our uh, health commissioner in our county say, this is a problem and this is where it's coming from. The unfortunate thing about it is we were the only municipality in an entire county doing it. So they left us on an island by ourselves to try to fight this pandemic, which caused an uproar because people felt like we were trying to keep people out of their homes Mm -hmm. and from visiting during the holiday. Only thing we were doing is trying to keep them safe Mm -hmm. and to stop the spread. And so that ordinance has since expired. Christmas is upon us. New Year's is upon us. So now we have to worry about those numbers again because the holidays are here again. So um, I'm hoping that somewhere along the lines that people get it. So um, in a nutshell, in in our county, uh, we are in the purple. So long story short is I'm hoping that our residents take taking this vaccination serious. I, I, I will play devil's advocate to... Uh, a vaccination, it just came about so quickly. So I think that's why the black community is so apprehensive, where they're already apprehensive when it comes to cer- certain things um, as it relates to uh, what they see as experimental vaccinations. I think, you know, there's got to be some teachable moments in there for the black and brown and poor communities to understand the importance and the significance of getting this vaccination because there's going to be some apprehension. Yeah, and I mean, and that's definitely understandable. Again, we talked about the history in the black community, the oral traditions, because we are a very oral people. It comes from our ancestors from the continent of Africa. Don't get me started because this is not a history lesson, but the whole notion of what is passed down from generation to generation. And 
yeah, African Americans are first our ancestors and now us have experienced lived experiences when it comes to the medical profession or the healthcare system itself that has treated black people in an unequal fashion. And that is not a figment of our imagination. So from not having the requisite services in our community to not having access, air quote, to flat out not having healthcare, to the fact that when you look at diabetes, heart, high blood pressure, heart disease, you name it, if it's on the negative side of the ledger, we are at the top. Yep. And when it's on the positive side of the ledger, we are at the very bottom. And so you have a lot of people in our community skeptical as to why they're trying to give us the vaccine first. You know, are we being, are we the test folks? Somebody uses another term, but I don't want to use that term because I hate when we are compared to that particular animal. But why, why, why are they testing this on us? They suspicious. I know they're not coming to us first. They don't come to us first for anything else. Yeah. But this is the opportunity for us to change the paradigm. Mm-hmm. You know, I am part of a task force that I helped to create that is going to start in New York. And in New York, because Governor Cuomo, to his credit, has been really out there talking about how the black community should be the community that gets it first because we die at almost three times the rate of our white sisters and brothers, and we are hospitalized at almost four times the rate of our white sisters and brothers. And so when you have a leader like that coming out and not hesitating to talk about the crisis in the black community and in the brown community and in the poor community by extension, and so I am fortunate to be with a group of people, professionals from all walks of life, who have started a task force to deal with how we get the vaccination out to the black community in New York. And we're hoping to start a blueprint for this and top on that, on the work of the task force is education of our community in partnership with nonprofits and corporations. And again, Mayor Mark Marial, who's the president of, of the urban league and also Reverend Al Sharpton who runs NAN They are partners with me along with some other professionals from both the civic community, the faith-based community, the medical community, all coming together to be validators, to say to the African-American community, we know most of the history in this country, we have never been first for anything that's positive, but it is time out for that. And let's start with this moment and use this moment to build on other moments so that there comes a time where we are first for what is good, for what is just, for what is right, and for what is good. And I see this as a foundation to deal with health disparities across the board and not just when it comes to making sure that our people get COVID, I mean the vaccination for COVID. But I do, we were experimented on when our ancestors were enslaved. There is a 2000 and I want to say it's a 2016 study of medical students, Dr. Dooley, where some of those medical students, not just average people, but people in medical school, think that black people can tolerate more pain, that our skin is thicker, mm-hmm. skin is thicker. Mm-hmm. than anybody else. And this is not the average population. This right. is this, These are folks in medical school. Right. So we don't even have to go all the way back. Mm-hmm. This stuff is still happening in the 21st century because there's an, an implicit bias mm-hmm. towards African-Americans and what people think that we can tolerate, that we can tolerate higher thresholds of pain. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to hair and councilwoman, I know that you've been part of the crown act, but there's a lot, lots of times where people think that our hair because it's, it's extra curly or kinky or thick or whatever you want to call it, our texture, that our hair could take more than other people's hair. When it turns out our hair is more fragile than anybody else's. And that's why we got a lot of women in the black community who have different conditions because we were socialized to believe, oh, the relaxer can stay on your hair for 25 minutes. You know, you can braid the braids as tight as you want. Uh, some of the protective styles that have been ripping out our edges in the center of our hair. So that same mentality that we can take anything has permeated itself through all aspects of society. So I get 
when our people in mass say, wait a minute, wait, I'm skeptical. Why are they coming to us first? So it's not just the experimentation on our ancestors. It's the Tuskegee experiment. It is uh, Henrietta Lacks. You know, they stole her cells mm-hmm. and her cells are responsible for cures the polio and all kinds of, 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 of stuff. So what we're saying to our community is this vaccine is necessary mm-hmm. for us to get beyond COVID. And we are going to use this moment to lay the foundation to deal with other disparities mm-hmm. within the health system, the medical system itself. Doc, what Preach. does that? I, mean, I, I just want to co-sign everything you just said, and I think that is very important too. If you can find a Black healthcare provider, to find one, and if you can't, there's plenty of us on Twitter who try to educate people. And studies have shown that people of color have better health outcomes when they have a doctor that looks like them. And I'm not saying that a white doctor can't ever give a black patient good care. I'm not saying that, but it's important to have somebody who that you can relate with relate with somebody who goes to the same church with you, um, somebody who looks like you for somebody that you can trust. And that's why I try to be very upfront and honest with my patients about my experiences and, and my choices and why I choose to do things because I want them to know that yes, I am a doctor, but I'm a human being first. Yes, a I'm a mother. Yeah. And so I just don't blindly follow rules without doing my own research and making sure that they are informed decisions and right decisions. And it is very true. Um, we have we as a people have reasons to be hesitant as this vaccine about this vaccine. We as a people to be have reasons to be hesitant about almost every, anything in America just because of the history of systemic racism. Black people have the highest incidence of hypertension in the world. It's not because we have some genetic defect. It's because of social conditions that are stressful that raise our blood pressure. Yes. So I understand. Not the point that you often made on the campaign trail that still blows my mind mm-hmm. about black women yes. dying from a broken heart, literally. Can you talk right, about that? Right, right. Black women have a higher incidence of heart disease. And I'm talking about all forms of heart disease, whether it be heart attack or stroke or problem with your valve or cardiomyopathy. Or high blood pressure. Or high blo- high blo- hypertensive-related hypertensive. uh, heart disease. Uh, we are more likely to die from heart disease than black men, than white men, than white women. And when you think about the challenges we face as black women, um, supporting our black men and watching our husbands and loved ones and sons be killed or murdered by the police, um, the discrimination we face in the workplace, largely and oftentimes because of our hairstyles. So when you think about all the stressors and all the stress that we have to carry, and then the stigma as far as mental illness, that black women are supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be a strong black woman. I'm not saying that we're not strong, but we build up this- burden. Right, that burden of being strong that you can't admit when you are having a hard time. And when black women often come to me and when they have depression or anxiety, they don't come to me and say they're depressed or anxious. They have physical ailments. They feel like they're a failure. They have imposter syndrome. When no, really the underlying condition is either depression and or anxiety. But because that's looked at as a weakness and we have to live up to this dream of being quote unquote strong, we don't identify with that. So it is not surprising that black women have a higher incidence of broken hearts than any other woman or man in this country because we bear a lot more than anybody else. So I understand, I get it, I'm a black woman. We have a chance to change things with this vaccine. We have a chance to stop being the predominant person dying. And I think we really have to take advantage of this opportunity um, to learn and grow. And another good thing is that there's tons of people in the government and there's tons of healthcare providers and other frontline workers who are gonna get the vaccine first. So by the time it gets to the general community, your doctor, um, your your Congress people have already had the vaccine. And I'm just going to be upfront with you. If, you know, in the next couple of weeks, a ton of us stop dro- start dropping like flies, then, you know, yeah, don't get the vaccine because a ton of people who got the vaccine already are dropping like flies. But by the time the vaccine gets to the general population, there would have been a lot of other frontline people who have already got the vaccine. And if they are doing fine, I just hope that Black people will go into it with an open mind. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. 
Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Yeah, we really do. And once we start to do that, I mean, every... Doc, we got to talk about herd immunity, but I've read articles and had discussions with people about how important it is to get us up to at least 70 to 75 percent of people who have taken the vaccine to be able to push back against the spread of the COVID virus itself. And as I look at the black community right now, the last stats that I read, 58 percent of the black community is willing to take the vaccination For our Hispanic sisters and brothers, it's 63% are willing to take the vaccination. And for our white sisters and brothers, it is 61% are willing to take the vaccination. And for our Asian sisters and brothers, it's 88%. So if we look at ethnicities, and we know there's some swirls in between. I'm leaving out some swirls. Okay, I don't want nobody saying I'm leaving some folks out. I'm just generally speaking, so I'm leaving out the swirl. However, there is then by that data, only one group that is willing to get us past the 70, 75%. And that's our Asian sisters and brothers. So black people, only 58%, of course, we're the, but nobody except for our Asian sisters and brothers are above that 70 to 75% threshold, Doc. Talk to us about that. I think that's why it's important to have, to have podcasts like yours and have people. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and have people of color speaking up and speaking out. Um, You know, in my office, I have a large percent of patients of color who come in the office and my medical assistant who is white, she asks them before I get in the room, do you want your vaccine? And they say no. But when I come in the room, because I look like them and I understand where they're coming from. And and when they ask me questions about the vaccine, I don't get frustrated and, and I don't 
pretend like any question is a stupid question because there's no stupid question. That's right. Um, I can convince a large percent of those people to change their mind. So she's always confused. Like, how do you get them to change their mind when I ask them and they say no? And so that's why I think it's important for us to have these conversations and for people of color to have these conversations like we're having today and to address their concerns specifically, whether it be, what are you concerned about? Do you think that there's mercury in this vaccine? A lot of people feel that mercury causes autism or whatever they believe. I don't believe that. But in my office, I know that a large percentage of the population believes that mercury is in vaccines and it's bad. So I actually pay extra to buy my vaccines in single dose vials. It costs me more. But I do that so that when you come into my office, you can be 100% positive that no vaccine I give you will have mercury in it. So it's little things like that. When you, when you ask people why, why are you concerned about this vaccine? And they tell you and you listen to them without judgment and you yeah. give them a scientific answer, most of the time people are going to believe you. But if you're judgmental and you don't understand where they're coming from, you're just like, <sighs> and think that they're ignorant and, you, and they feel that. Of course, they're not going to want to listen to anything you have to say. So I think that it's going to be key for black leaders and the things like you're, lead, you're leading Senator Turner to speak, continue to speak up and to speak out. And slowly, we are going to be able to change more and more people's minds. And, that's, and eventually, somebody of color will know somebody of color who got right. the vaccine and they did right. okay. And they can say, look, you know, Mark got it. Mark's doing fine. You know, Mark co-workers got COVID he didn't get it so I think it's going to take some time but we as a community continue to speak it up speak up and speak out I think we can get that percentage to come up I think we can too so we got to keep pushing and just I want to shout out the other members of the New York the New York Black vaccination or vaccine task force we're very clear about the mission because as black people embark on not just matters of like this but we tend to be the moral consciousness of of the nation and that is historically so I, I definitely want to shout out charlie king who actually lives in new york who has been somebody that has been pushing for this kind of a task force and has been working uh, with governor cuomo on, on this issue and again we're starting in new york because the governor has taken such leadership and i applaud him for that leadership on this particular issue we have got to come together on this issue, not just for ourselves, yes. but for our children, our grandchildren, generations yet unborn. We all have a responsibility here. We all can play a role in trying to stop the spread of this virus. Mm -hmm. And the implications of this virus is going to be with us for quite some time. It's going to be like the flu. It's never really going to go away. Is that no. correct, Doctor? Right. Is that what it you... It is not going to go it's away. Not gonna... It's not going to miraculously go away. It didn't go away when Trump said it was going to go away. It's here to stay. So, so we got to manage it in the same way right. we've done with right. the flu over yeah. decades and decades and decades. It mm -hmm. took some time to get to where we are with the flu. It's going to take some time for us to get to a stasis, if yes. you will, when it comes to COVID. But COVID-19 is always going to be a part of our life. And we must mm -hmm. be vigilant in our collective efforts to slow the spread of this down and get it to a manageable level so that hundreds of thousands of Americans are not dying. And then we got to look at what's happening to our sisters and brothers across the world, a world because we're citizens of the world when it comes to something like this, yes. something that has disturbed me before we go into our another, another issue that is, is more uplifting. But you know, I've, I've been reading articles that Countries like ours and Canada and other European nations are hoarding, are, are getting the vaccine times over than what we needed right. and then starving nations that don't necessarily have the same hegemon status as we do. And that makes me sad. I did hear just today that Canada... Mm -hmm. Is given had some extra vaccines that they're going to donate to other countries oh, as good. well as Australia. Okay, Australia is going to have some extra vaccines that they're going to give for free. That is zero dollars for free um, to to some of the neighboring and your countries. Your emphasis on that is because <laughs> is because the free a free COVID test once cost me. $200 because of the deductible. A free a COVID, COVID test. test was supposed to be free, right? Call my insurance. COVID test is supposed to be free. Yep, COVID test is going to be free. Cost. But because of the location I got it from, 
it was quote unquote on free, free, and but I had I had right to do a, I had to pay my two hundred dollar deductible yeah. to get mine my free, free either. COVID I, test. I got mine in March, and I had to go to the local hospital. I just came from Washington D.C., where a lot of my uh, colleagues had tested positive. My test was not free. Mm-hmm. When I got my my bill from my medical insurance company, there was a list of things that they had charged my insurance mm-hmm. for. So if it was free, why did you need my insurance card? Because it Come wasn't on. free. Hello. It wasn't yeah. free. Yeah. Hello. This um, we're talking about COVID right now, but this leads us to something bigger, which is to have universal health care yes. in yes. this country. We're all three of us are champions of that, and that is not going to change based on who's in the White House, because what is right is right, no matter who's in the White House or who's in the Congress or who's in governor's mansions. And it really troubles me deeply and greatly, so much so that, yes, I am mad as a mofo, and you can underline that exclamation point, it bold it, when it comes to a type of heartlessness. Yes that the rescue or the relief never comes for the least among us. The least among us are always asked to wait. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, we're spending $740 billion with a B for the military industrial complex, which takes up 61% of our discretionary budget. Hello, somebody. Imagine what we can do with that money. If you were to look at a pie chart, you would see that expense take up 61, about 61% of the, of the discretionary budget, and it'd be slivers for health care, slivers for education, slivers. You know, and, and, and then you want to give relief to corporations, mm-hmm that then turn around and don't pay their workers a living wage. They don't have the proper health care benefits. So, yeah, I'm, I'm mad about that. And I think I have every right to be an angry black woman when it comes to injustice of this magnitude, especially with a global pandemic. And you still got politicians playing damn games. And, yeah, I said it. So, yes, if I get a little passionate from time to time, if I say things that make people clutch their pearls, <laughs> clutch them. SNT, I don't understand how everybody is not mad. What really frustrates oh me God. and angers me yes. is when people say we are dying, we need health care. Oh, but no, we don't want it from him. He's too angry. We don't want it from her. She's too loud. Yeah. People are dying. Why are you not angry? It should be why the question for 2020. Yeah. 2020. Our slogan should be, why are you not angry and so it frustrates me we have all these people who have a need but instead of attacking the people who aren't supporting that need attacking the people who don't support medicare for all you're attacking the people who do support it because you don't like their tone or the way they're going about it right their delivery was a little off my delivery was off but people dying right no i do have righteous indignation i'm leaning into it i said it that ain't gonna change, <laughs> Councilwoman. How you and, feel about that? And it shouldn't change. It shouldn't change. And it shouldn't change. And you know, yeah. this is the end of the year, so yes. all, all I'm hearing all month is, Doctor Dooley, I'm not gonna be able to see you as much as I want to next year because my employer is switching to a high deductible plan. Basically, that means you might have to pay ten thousand dollars out of pocket before your insurance will kick in anything. So this is what I hear every year at the end of the year. These employers are shifting more and more healthcare costs yes. to the employee. So like I said, I just don't understand why more people aren't mad. Hey, in this country. Right. Join and the Angry Black Woman Club. That's right. We're and taking and, and the, we're taking a whole bunch membership. of applications. Membership is open. Lifetime membership. Membership. Free membership, membership is membership. open. Oh. <laughs> Free membership to the Angry Black Woman Club. Right. And so to what Dr. Dooley said, her point of about the high deductibles, I mean, there's many of us who aren't even seeing our our specialists because of all the co-pays. It's, that's the reality. Even for some of us who are still working and getting a paycheck, there's certain doctors I have not seen because the co-pays are ridiculous. Every time I walk in your office, I've got to give you money every single time. What am I paying for? I'm paying the insurance company and I'm paying you as soon as I walk in your door. It, 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 that's all you're paying for. It makes no sense. But we're going to get to a point in this country where we'll catch up with us. They'll catch up with us. Yeah. Because we're, we're going to be on the right side of history here. We really are. Every single revolutionary or visionary, if you will, has always been ahead of their time. Absolutely. And even Medicare as we know it right now, 
Mm-hmm. When it was being debated, you had people on the status quo side, just like we got right now, yep. calling it socialism. You're yep. going to ruin the United States of America. This is bad. Mm-hmm. At that time that it was being debated, it was it was supposed to be universal. Yeah. Yep. But bad politics got in the way. And the reason why I call it bad politics is because politics can work for the good. But there's also a selfish and a bad politics, the scale, the yin and the yang, bad politics got in the way. And so instead of having universal or Medicare for all, it had to be negotiated to be Medicare for our elders, 65 years and older. And I double dog dare somebody to try to take away Medicare as it exists right now from an elder. They will wrestle you down, beat you down, talk about you like you stole Even something. it's not perfect. No, it's not. They it's don't not want perfect. you taking it away. You can't take they Don't mess with it. Right. So why wouldn't we expand that concept? And the thing about it is we can afford to do it. It's not like we're a poorer nation. We're a hegemon nation. We can afford to do it. So it is really about a special, a, a, a social contract one to another. It's about a reimagining. And it is about making the damn demand and having a consequence. Also, remembering that the issues that we're talking about right now, we're talking about our, our money. Right. The money don't belong to the members of Congress. It doesn't belong to the president. It doesn't belong to governors or members of legislatures or councils. or ma- The money, our tax dollars, is what we put into a big pot. It belongs to all of us. And if we decide that in this nation we want to have universal health care, then damn it, we should be able to, to have it. Not to mention the wage theft that oh. the top 0.1% has stole from us. Come where on. they are underpaying everybody. Come on. That's our money that the top 0.1% have. They wouldn't have that money if we didn't go to work every day. Right. That's right. So wage theft is a huge issue. That's our money. You need to tax them because that's our money that they're robbing us of. So you need to tax them so we can enact social programs that benefit us all. That benefit us all. And so many of those corporations, even ones of services we use, mm-hmm. Amazon, Zero federal taxes. Zero. I don't know how they get away with that. We know how. It's written into the rules. See, he or she who writes the rules controls the game. Mm -hmm. And that's why it is important to elect people to office who actually give a shit. I said it. Hello. Shit has been getting me in trouble a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, really. But, but, uh, that's okay. It's okay. It's called passion. It's called passion. But who actually care for the pearl clutchers, who actually care about the people and are willing to stand up to interests that go against the best interest of the greatest number of people. And that's really what we're talking about right now. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. 
Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, oh my God, sisters, I cannot believe that we are together safely (laughs) in my living room in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh my God, Dr. Julie got into, well, she was going to drive here from Michigan, from the state up north, but but thought better of it because her husband encouraged her too, which I'm glad that he did, Council Lady, to get on a plane. Yes. But from the moment she told me, S&T, I think I'm coming. I knew she She was was coming. coming. (laughs) And here we are on a Saturday night. We've been rolling with S&T. We did the car thing. We went to a local small business retailer to support a business that is owned by two sister sisters. See, when I'm talking about black women, I say sister sisters. Who are sisters? They are blood sisters Uh called Fashions by Fowler. So anybody who always wondered, where did S&T get them bad rap dresses? It was from there. Rap dresses with my Converse. I ain't new to the Converse game. (laughs) Ask my sisters. I wore Converse all on the campaign trail. My wedge. She's not new to this. She's true to this. this. I'm true to this. (laughs) And we just had to stop by there and support Renee and Renee was 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 in the shop today, but to support the sisters, uh, actually, it meant a lot to us to be in there today. We did shop small business because that we is did. important. So if you are uh, going shopping, Renee and Tracy, Tracy wasn't there today. Please shop small business if you can. If you are shopping, if you are blessed enough in this time to be able to go shopping, yeah. because so many of our sisters and brothers are unemployed or underemployed. Uh, Please shop small businesses because our small businesses tend to hire uh, our people and and certainly our people sometimes who don't have the perfect records. Right. They will hire them. So, yes, we went to Fashions by Fowler. There was a farmer's market uh, going on when we got there on Shaker Square. Shout out to the farmer's market on Shaker Square. And then from there, we proceeded to go to Heinen's, which is one of my favorite stores. (laughs) At home, and the line was long, wrapped around because they practice in good practices. They only allow so many people in the store at a time. And then we went and we we had a meal. Thank God for being blessed because food insecurity is real. Somebody said, "Why do we say food insecurity?" Just flat out, people ain't got no damn food. They hungry. Hunger is real. And I had I've had my experience with that growing up. Mother not having enough money, food to feed her seven children, and we scraping trying to make. I remember one time I made you guys probably. I, I, I'm sharing this with you for the first time, but all we had was uh, some cans of uh, fruit fruit cocktail, mm-hmm. and me trying to whip up something with that, with that, and. Wow. I remember standing in line with my grandmother at yeah. the church to get our government cheese. Yes, I had government cheese. The government cheese is back. I know that, right? Is it? It's, uh, back. it's back. That's our, that's our next stimulus. It's huh? back. Yeah, <laughs> there it goes. No, it's, the struggle is real. It, it's real, and it's good that the three of us have never forgotten where we've come from, right? Because that is our moral compass. Right. That's why we shout from the rooftops. That's why we 
sometimes, you know, I think it was Mother Jones who said, and all you do never be ladylike. I'm paraphrasing Mother Jones, but she made that, you know, or, or I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt, first lady, who said, well-behaved women. Yes. Are rarely written about in history. That's right. We go, so we're gonna be written about because right. we ain't well behaved, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we focused on the mission at hand. So yeah, no, I I I remember that. I remember seven children sleeping in the same damn bedroom. Cause my mother could only afford a two-bedroom place. Right. Yeah. Ain't never forgot that. So if people right. want to know why I fight so hard, why why I'm passionate, or, or I talk about comparisons because I'm over people smiling and talking to talk, but they're not willing to walk the walk when right. they got the power. Oh, baby, never forget where I came from. We can't do that. No. No, we can't do that. So what is our message of uplift to the people? Councilwoman Samples, before you go first, I do want to say about 2020, there's promise in the problem. And when you're going through something, you can't always see it because the problem is so up close. But we do have the opportunity to do some very transformative things from what we learned in 2020. But I remember my mama, y'all probably got the same mamas when my mama used to say, I will slap you into next week. Next week. (laughs) And I was thinking... As I reflect on 2020, can I, can I do that? If my, if my mama was here, cause my mama's gone and I'm, you know, y'all know the story 42 and all that, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to pull it back. But I wish my mama was here to say, I will slap you in the next year. I want her to right. slap me all the way into 2022, actually. Right. right. Because that's the kind of year we've had in 2020. So I, I had, I had to say that anybody with a black mama. Yeah. Can understand what I'm talking about. You can relate. Mama saying, I will slap you into next week. Mama, please, I wish you could have been here to slap me into the next two years. But anyway, so yes, how <laughs> I got to laugh about that because if any mama can slap you into the next two years, it would be a black mama who right. can do it. <laughs> they must have met my mom. Yes. Once so, or twice. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Don't mess with. Don't mess with my mama. Don't mess with Miss Mosley, okay? She will let you have it. I've seen her in action many a day. She don't play with nobody. Okay, so we're going to reflect. We had our, yeah, our mama moments. Yeah, what is it about? What 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 gives you hope and for uh, 2021 and beyond? So it doesn't have to be about 2021 because we're still going to have to go through, especially when it comes to COVID, it's not just going to miraculously just end. But I do want people to know that there is promise in the problem. Absolutely. So for 2021, I look forward to purpose. Mm, Um, Favorite words. um, And there has to be purpose in the process. Um, 2020, as we've all said, sucked. Um, that's that's not what I said earlier. (laughs) I said, keep it it clear. I I said, 2020 for me was a shit show. Um, it you know, it started off with a whirlwind of this thing called COVID that swept across this country and this world world like none other. Um, and and in that process, I lost my dad, which, um, you know, this is our first holiday without him, so. Um, just learning how to cope and deal through that um, has its own challenges. But the one thing I will say in all of that, it has brought our family even closer because my dad was the rock for all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's also brought me and my mom closer. Mm-hmm. And everybody who knows me knows my mother knows my mom is is, oh, is a pistol. She is hell on wheels and she does not apologize for nothing. <laughs> my mom don't play. And I, and I... And I said, you know what? It's horrible losing one parent, but it's gonna be it's gonna be me protecting the other one with all that I am and all that I have, um, because you only get one. And so in 2021, I look forward to uh, building a stronger relationship with my mother, um, and, and and sending my my sister girl onto great things. <laughs> And following them footsteps along the way. That's 2021. Oh. And that's that right there is all I need. Oh my that's God. all I need. 
I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> Good doctor. The doctor's in the house, literally, in my house. Right. The doctor's in the house. <laughs> 2021. Well, it can't be no worse in 2020. I know that. Well, I hope that. Yeah. Um. So in 2021, I'm looking forward to getting my vaccine. I'm excited. I'm optimistic about it. If it is offered to teens, I'm excited about getting my oldest son vaccinated so he can get back to school and to basketball and some of the activities that he loves. I'm looking forward to to friendships and fellowship. Um, and I'm just, you know, hoping that we can get the majority of the people to get this vaccine so we can get things somewhat back to normal. Um, it is never going to be exactly like it was before COVID. Um, I think that's important to understand, but it could definitely be better than it was in 2020. So um, I can't think of a better way of ending 2020 than with Nina Turner for Congress. So I'm oh. super excited about that. Yes, I'm excited too about that and other things. So, wow. Ooh, we, as I say sometimes. <laughs> ooh, ooh, we, baby. I'm, I am. Wishing you joy, love, peace, happiness, success, evolution. I'm saying the word evolution deliberately because we all have to evolve in our lives. And the struggle is real, but we're going to get through it together. There will be some valley moments, but there also will be some mountaintop moments. We're going to get through this together and continue to be the change that we want to see in this world. That's Brother Mahatma Gandhi. There's a role for all of us to play in creating the type of community, the type of city, the state, the type of nation, and the type of world that we all want to live in. Come on this creation journey with us. Let's do this damn thing. We're going to do it. Ups and downs and turnarounds, bumps in the road. But baby, we are going to do this. So peace out. Hello, somebody. Councilwoman Tara Mosley Sample say, hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. Dr. Dooley. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. <laughs> and I'll wait. pause, Council Lady, because somebody just came through the door while we are recording. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lord have mercy on our black souls. Yes, please. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.